It's time for the KHNS Local News. I'm Brandon Wilkes. Today in the news, it's an unpleasant fact for everyone who eats fish in Alaska. Mercury is in the food chain, and it's particularly prevalent in seafood. And while the amount of mercury found in Alaskan seafood remains far below dangerous levels, a pair of researchers want to keep an eye on it long term. The best way to do this, they've found, is not by testing fish coming over the docks, but by testing human hair. They're in Sitka to report the findings of a pilot study begun five years ago. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports. Todd O'Hara is a veterinarian, but don't bring him your cat to be spayed. I'm a veterinarian who has a PhD in toxicology. I've never had any desire to be a clinical veterinarian. Uh, I've applied my veterinary degree uh, to wildlife and fish research in toxicology and environmental agents of disease. O'Hara is a researcher with Texas A&M and the University of Alaska Fairbanks. A lot of pathologists who study human disease are veterinarians, which is not surprising when you consider how closely humans and animals are linked on this planet. Maggie Castellini, however, is not a veterinarian. Is it Maggie's just... a marine mammal physiologist, by the way. I yes. don't think okay. she mentioned that. <laughs> no. She's actually trained in marine mammal physiology. That's correct. Which greatly applies to what we do. We'll come back in a moment to why a marine mammal physiologist is important to research about mercury in seafood. Castellini, until last summer, was with the UAF College of Natural Sciences and Mathematics, working in the vet department. In 2018, she and O'Hara won funding from the National Institute of Health to study the accumulation of mercury in the marine food web. The pair had often been to Sitka for the annual symposium on humpback whales called Whale Fest, and the community, they realized, provided a diverse pool of people who live closely with the marine environment. They launched a pilot study hosted by the Sitka Tribe of Alaska and began to collect samples not of the sea creatures consumed by Sitkins, but of human hair, which can reveal a lot about the head it's growing out of. Hair is just a really easy tissue to be able to work with. It's a very good indicator of mercury in the rest of the body. It's obviously very easy to sample. You don't have to, you know, stick a needle in somebody or anything like that. Um, We would just take a very small, maybe about the width of a pencil from the very back of a Mm -hmm. person's scalp, and also something that's pretty easy to analyze as well after the fact. The pilot study tested mercury levels in the hair of 70 subjects, both in Sitka and in another smaller community in southeast Alaska. The objective was to be as broad-based as possible, rather than focus on any specific ethnic group or demographic. Really broad-based. One of the things we like is when vegans and vegetarians participate in the study because that shows us sort of a control non-meat consuming person. So we had a vegan here. The upshot of the study is that the tested population showed mercury levels far below the cutoff for the World Health Organization. O'Hara says most people came in at around one part per million of mercury. A couple of people were at five parts per million. The WHO cutoff is 10 parts per million. This is good news for Alaskans who live by and from the sea, but it's not the full story. Mercury accumulates in different species at different rates. O'Hara and Castellini want to expand mercury monitoring to better specify any risk. For a long time, the types of advisories that would be sent out, and there still are in some parts of the country, basically treat all fish as equal, right? You know, don't eat more than this many meals of fish a week if you're a woman who's a 
mm-hmm. childbearing age. But that's not at all true with mercury. Some species of fish have vanishingly small amounts of mercury because of their lifestyle, whereas others, you know, especially the bigger ones, can have fairly high. The bigger the fish, the larger fish they can consume, and those tend to be at a higher position in the food web. And higher still are marine mammals. Alaska, the pair agree, has a pretty good advisory system for fish, but not for the animals that eat those fish. So we would like to include marine mammals in our study to give people here in southeast Alaska better representation of their diet. Some places are famously contaminated with mercury. San Francisco Bay with Gold Rush-era mining residue. Minamata Bay in Japan with industrial mercury at such high concentrations that the resulting neurological damage is called Minamata disease. Alaska's mercury is less likely to be caused by human activity. There's naturally occurring cinnabar, for example, and volcanoes. O'Hara and Castellini hope that their pilot study with the National Institute of Health will take off into more permanent monitoring of mercury in coastal Alaska. They see monitoring as an incentive to a healthy diet rather than a deterrent. If that's all people hear about, then they start to be afraid to eat good, healthy foods. And so it's really nice to be able to get a broad study where we can look at at communities and say, you might eat a lot of fish, but your mercury concentrations in general are still not that high. And it's, it's a good reassurance. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. That's it for the KHNS Local News. I'm Brandon Wilkes. You can find this story and learn how to access the KHNS News as a podcast at khns.org slash news. This is KHNS, Haines, Skagway, and Kluckwan at 102.3 and translator K220BK Skagway, Alaska at 91.9.